I'm a savage. Yeah. Classy, bougie, ratchet. What's up, Savage Boss Babes and Dudes? It's Diana inside the Savage Studio once again with another episode that I'm so excited to be able to to bring to you and that I want you to be prepared for because this one is going to be full of information, especially if you are one of those people who have been following this podcast with an idea in mind thinking maybe I should go for it. Maybe I should start doing this on my own. Maybe I should go full time with this idea, with this project that I've been thinking about, but I don't even know where to start. So I am very excited to have Rob Guzman here with me. He is the fit finance coach you didn't know you needed. And we have him here. Thank you. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome, Rob. I'm really excited to have you here. The knowledge, the education that you have, the stuff that we are going to be talking about today is stuff that a lot of people need and a lot of people want and sometimes don't know where to turn to to get the correct information or have that idea that, oh, um, you probably have to pay for that kind of stuff, you know, and and here we are providing this kind of information for people who are wanting to go down the entrepreneurship or small business owner path and don't know where to start, but here we are trying to share with them information so that they can get started too. Seven years at it already, right? Correct. Well, seven years as a small business um, in the fitness world. So I've been doing that, owning for seven years. In those seven years, what has been the biggest challenge or heartbreak you've had to overcome? And what has been the biggest benefit or joy that you've received in those seven years? Heartbreaks are all over the place. We're very small, so... In small business, you create relationships, you know, better customer service than, say, big box gyms or just big box businesses. You, I know what you do. I know where your kids go to school. I see you on a daily basis. Trust is there. So, of course, you never want to see people leave, but we just, the come and go, people leave and they always come back. Getting over that hump of separating personal friend, business, you, that's the biggest part, you know, coach-athlete relationship. They move on to somewhere else, something along those lines. So that was the biggest thing, which is people, understanding your people skills, your limits, and, you know, stuff like that on the hindsight was the joy part. Seeing people grow, seeing people move on, seeing people venture off, do awesome, amazing things, and just seeing people's lives change on a daily basis when they don't think it's changing. It really is. But we are the last to see when change happens, it's from afar, from your friends and family, from your spouse, and then yourself, because we're our biggest critics to see when things change. So that's the thing is, again, both sides is just people and watching people grow. And knowing that you were a part of it. As you a, were part of that story. Yeah, as a coach, I mean, I never put my, I mean, I put my hard work into it, but we don't take the the shine or the light away from the athlete, the person, the changes were more of, hey, we're a guide, teachers, supporters. You did all the work. We just helped and educated. So if you do look at our social, I am rarely in any pictures because it's about everybody else, not what, it's what we do, but it's essentially not about the coaches. It's about the people that trust us and come in. Originally from San Antonio. Correct. Born and raised. Born and raised. What part of town? Southwest side. Hey, <laughs> representing. Yeah. I heard the last podcast and the guy said Southside too. So 
cover all that bases, you know, South Side thing. You know, I, you know, I, my parents still live on the Southwest Side. Really? Yeah. So growing up, I mean, what was your family like? Your parents worked? Did they own businesses? Were, was that something that was taught to you? Uh, no. I mean, in the beginning, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Then she worked at before Best Buy in Circuit City for our, all the old cats. was a Highland Superstore. So it was like a Best Buy uh, right there in the Ingram Plaza area where it's been like rooms to go. It was a world's gym that used to be an electronic store. So my mom was always like in sales doing running stuff like that. My dad was an airplane mechanic, worked at Kelly. No, my background's different. I come from a biker background. Really? Wow. Motorcycles, dirt bikes, you name it. Three brothers, I mean, two brothers. We did all the boy stuff and rode motorcycles, dirt bikes, did, <laughs> did random things. Um, but no, they let us grow into whatever we wanted to do. Okay. So we don't come from a business background. My mom was good with like, you know, savings and credit and bank accounts, but never how it was used properly the way it needs to be used. It was just very basic. So no, we don't come from small business backgrounds, anything like that. It was more, I need to learn. And and you yourself growing up, did you ever think, oh, I want to be this or I need to go to school to do this? Or was your mentality always, I want I want something of my own. I'm going to um, have my yeah, own my business. Yeah, my parents never, they pushed us to do good in school, um, never pushed college. Um, it was like, Get your high school education. Get your high school education. And and we're good to go. Well, yeah, we're we're good to go. But what do you want to do? Right. So they let us make all the mistakes as teenagers. More of like, what did you learn from it? Of course, we got in trouble. uh, But they let us really try different things. Hey, you know, I think I moved out when I was 20, 21. But they didn't like, okay, you're 18. You know, yeah, get out. (laughs) It was more of a, hey, you know, if you want to go try it, cool. If it doesn't work out, come back. They kind of let it give us that freedom. So it was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I don't know. I never thought about it. You know, people always ask you. Again, the last podcast, the guy was like top 10%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not me. That was you not know? you. I was, hey, de- I was decent. We're, we're in the same boat, okay? That was not me either. <laughs> I, was de- I was decent in high school. But when I got to college, I just took it a lot more serious. And that's where like education was just huge for me. You know, Dean's list, A's, 4.0s, all these things is just... I took college a lot more serious than anything Why else. do you think it clicked until that point of taking it seriously? And Honestly, I don't know. I just enjoyed it. And I didn't go to, well, no, I wasn't even going to go to college. Again, so we're off of Military and 410, that Homeland Security mm-hmm. office that's there across from Walmart. Um, that used to be Sony. So when PlayStation 1 first came out, I was making PlayStation 1s, the little chips that go inside the PlayStations. So I learned that, well, that place closed down, the Sony Semiconductor closed down, and I was 19 years old out of high school. So they had like this unemployment meet and greet seminar where everybody else was older, 21 and up. They didn't fall under a minor. I was one of the only ones. So they had a program. um, So the Texas Workforce Center had a program for... Um, under 21. Hey, we have these grants. We have all these things. It's all free. All you have to do is go to school and get good grades. I was like, so I don't have to pay for college. No college debt. My parents don't have to do anything. And I just have to go get good grades. That's it. They're like, yep, we'll give you gas money. We'll buy your books. We'll do everything. Sign me up. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) What do you want to go to school for? 
I don't know. <laughs> and uh, my best friend, he was really good at drawing. So he was big into architecture and big into this. And I was like, well, I mean, I went to, we had like uh, trade classes in high school. So we had to get bussed off to another school to do like trade. And I just went with him because it was cool. And there's new girls at the school. <laughs> so that's the, only, that's the only reason I was like, dude, I'm going to go with you because there's new girls over there. And I just did that. And it just went from there. How I, long was that process? The, which one do you mean? The, the school going to. So the school started like at um, San Antonio College. Okay. So at SAC. So I did their like um, drafting and design program. And then I went to ITT Tech. And that was like a big thing back in the days. And then I did really good at that. I was like, okay, what's next? And I was still under 21. So they're, hey, you want to go to school again? Go to school again. You want to do this? Do it. So I'm like, and it's free. They're like, we have grant money. They're really pushing, you know, education. All right, well, let's keep going. So, and you said at the beginning you weren't too sure what you were going to do. But as, as the, the weeks or months progressed, were you tr- starting to get a, a picture of, okay, this is the route that I'm going to go down and this, well, is what I, this is what I should be doing? Not even that. It no. was just so intriguing to me to learn a lot of these things from, you know, civil engineering to chemical to mechanical engineering to architectural engineering. So all these things were just catching my eye and I was like you know I don't have a thing that you know a path I'm following I'm just doing all the things um and I think I took it I took advantage of it so I was like the more knowledge I can dump in my brain the more I can learn and the easier it might be to find that niche of what do I really want to do and um before like monster and like um career build career builder you know, they used to just have binders yep. with, you know, jobs. Yeah. <laughs> so I became really good friends or, you know, you know student um, teacher with the dean at San Antonio College. And I was just sitting there going through one of those books. And some lady walks in and she said, oh, who drew that picture? I'm like, Well, he did. And she's like, you want a job? Sure. You want to draw H-E-Bs? And I was like, I have no clue, but why not? So I started designing HEBs, doing all the drawings. And then from there, it just kind of trickled on to like Frederick's air conditioning. I worked for KCI in the medical field. Um, the Microsoft building right here off of 151. How cool. It would just kept going and going. And so I was just like, you know, I'm going to do all of it. Went back to school again. And then my goal was to get into Southwest Research. I don't even know how it came across my lap or why I wanted to go there. I just knew they did a lot of cool stuff. So not the, I don't know if you're from San Antonio this whole time. I'm, I'm not actually. Okay. I'm originally from uh, Oregon. Oh, that's but right. But I've been here in, in San Antonio since 2010. So I'm, so off of I'm adopted. <laughs> off of 410 and like military, there's, there was Southwest Research, you know, Technology or Institute. And one of those places had a whole bunch of monkeys. So they say, oh, you work at the monkey place? I'm like, I don't. I work on the other side. I work at Southwest Research Institute, not Southwest Texas Research, right? So they're two separate places, okay. but Southwest was their, the beginning of the name. So everybody thought I worked with the monkeys, <laughs> which I did go there a few times <laughs> because they, unfortunately, they do testing. Uh-huh. And I don't think they do it anymore. So I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I think for five years, I kept putting in applications at Southwest, Southwest Research and 
to get in there it is so hard if you're in there it's like your mom went there and your dad went there oh, and your brother okay. went there it's like a family yeah, yeah, yeah thing um and i knew nobody i think i have a few friends but it wasn't family the people that work there are so smart like you have next level rocket type of sciences yeah. triple th- engineering uh phds times five you have all these smart intellectual people and i was like i want to get in there every time i went i was like nope 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 and i just kept trying and trying and then i finally got in um the after f- how many tries five so this is the sixth time that okay. i'm gone so they probably already know you right oh there comes well, that guy it, no. it was different <laughs> it was just different departments oh okay so i was just trying to get in the door if you want me to be the janitor yeah cool i'll do it and we'll change the name to sanitation engineer <laughs> so <laughs> i'll give it my own cool name um so it's just that um and then i was working here at the microsoft designing the microsoft i was in in the mud and you know being out there in the field with everybody and they called me, hey, you want to come do an interview? And I was like, oh, it's raining. I'm all full of mud. Like, I am not interview ready. They're like, well, they want you to come. So I went and it was this, you know, small little area, you know, similar to this table. And they had the screen up and, you know, this is what we're doing. And the software started like glitching a little bit. And okay. they're trying to show me something. They're like, ah, I don't think it does that. And just over the years of working everywhere, and I am not the type to be afraid to ask questions. So all these places I worked at, you know, like KCI, Frederick's Air Conditioning, a lot of the mentors that I have were always older in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 80 years old engineers that you just, they're a walking ball of information. So I would sit there and, and you know, make jokes like, hey, what's up, old man? You know, what are you doing today? And just listen to all these stories and listen to, hey, like you need to be trying this and doing so just knowledge building. So it so happened, I knew how to fix that error. So I told the lead engineer, like, hey, let me see that keyboard. And it's like, there you go. Is that what you're trying to do? He's like, we're hiring this guy. <laughs> so that's how I got hired was just a whim. And I was yeah. like. That's God's plan right there. I was like, sweet, I'm in. So I was there for 16 years at Salto's Research. Um, just jumping around um, different areas again from like, Automated robotics to um, chemistry to applied physics to aeronautical engineering. So, I mean, I know they have fancy titles, but it's not always as fancy as it sounds. Yeah. When I got into there, I was a contractor. Then my contract was up. So my old boss was playing golf with my new boss. And he's like, hey, man, I got this dude. I don't want to let him go, but I ain't got nothing for him to do. Do you want him? And... He was like, all right, cool, let me check him out. And again, I'm always the youngest person there. I never saw, I think the only hardest time, not at Southwest, but at another engineering firm that I worked at, I was the only Hispanic in the office. Everybody, you know, was, was you know, white, you know, white males, white females. I think the only receptionist, she was like mixed. But in the engineering, I was the only Hispanics. Well, guess what's in the shop? All the Hispanic people. So going back and forth was a very eye-opening experience for me because I have, you know, all these guys that I work with and the engineering side, I have to go to the shop. Well, all they do is speak Spanish. So sometimes I would have to, I mean, my Spanish is not the best. I understand it better than I speak it. So I would have to relay these messages and, you know, these guys are 
actually telling them off. And I'm like, oh, no, he's not saying that. He's just asking, like, <laughs> why is this not working? Right. So then they would go back and forth. And he's asking nicely. Correct. Um, but what's kind of weird to me is that the Hispanics that were in the shop would give me a hard time of like, oh, what did you do to get in there? And why are you in there? You know, you know, saying not the nicest things. And I'm like, bro, you're supposed to be on my side. Like, I thought like Rasa sticks together yeah, or something. Yeah. But it was more of, it, they gave me a really hard time being 18, 19 years old. Maybe pushing 20. Like, no older Hispanic male wants to be told what to do by a 20 year old. And it's like, well, unfortunately, man, like. That's I'm, I'm how it lead. is. <laughs> so that opened my eyes. And then the next job I, the next job I got as well is I would have to lead teams, you know, 21 years old with, you know, other engineers that are 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. And they're like, well, who's this guy? Like, no, I'm not listening to him. So you also had to. So you to, kept seeing that pattern. It was a pattern. You just had to gain the respect of, of these, you know, people that have been doing it for so long. So then again, fast forward back to Southwest. That's where when they were playing golf, he's like, you want this guy? I was like, cool, let's, let's check him out. You know, obviously I passed the test. So I moved from automated robotics to applied physics. So that's more like Batman type stuff that you would see like in the movies, like all oh, these cool toys. We would do stuff like that. And again, a very small division, but it was like the, everybody wanted to work in there because it's like the coolest place to work. So I did that for 16 years. Flash forward to fitness. How do you go from all this cool stuff that we're talking about <laughs> to fitness? It was the thing. It was uh, hanging out with my friends and, you know, everyone liked, liked to play video games at the time. And we're sitting there just drinking beer. And I looked over at my friends. I'm like, man, I'm tired of seeing y'all. Like, I see y'all every day. <laughs> and uh, a buddy of mine, you know, he's like my brother. He He's like uh, a black belt in like karate and stuff. So he came in. He's like, oh, man, like. I just got my black belt. And I was like, oh, cool. And they did like a video. Well, let's check it out. And I was like, well, I want to do that. You know, maybe not that, but I want to do something. And something then similar. It was like, I just got bored of like all the whole partying and drinking things. So I started just working out. And then from there, I just really enjoyed it. And I didn't take it very seriously. So like, hey, well, let's compete. You know, more like when CrossFit first came out, like in 2009. So I did CrossFit before I became like a mainstream type deal, um, just more small, grungy type deal. So I started doing that, started competing. I was like, oh man, like this is fun, but it's not fun when you're doing it hungover. Yeah. Right. So I started taking my health a lot more seriously. Um, and then again, it just became a people thing. And then you have to, when you look at fitness as a whole, right, don't look at it as, a movement or something, uh, not a movement, like, but movements like squatting and stuff like that. There's data behind it, right? There's data behind each person. So what's my background? Science and data. Guess what fitness is? Science and data. So it became a numbers thing for me. So again, just got into coaching, became a people thing, did it here and there. And at time. this point, did you leave your your job? Did you no, I was, did you go on full on into fitness or you were doing both or? No. Well, I started just going on my lunch to okay. go work out. So I would go on my lunch break to go work out. And then I never wanted to own anything. I just wanted to like go to the gym and coach and have fun and work out um, and not be responsible and having to like. You own. wanted the fun. Correct. Part I, of Correct. It, I wanted yes. the fun part. So then it so happened the mother of my son 
you know, she became pregnant. So I was like, okay, well, I never coached a pregnant chick before. Let me go back to school. Uh So I went back to school again to learn how to coach pregnant women. And then through that, I did a few, like I would teach pregnancy classes at Methodist, stuff like that. Got into that window, but I still worked at Southwest. So this was like just for funsies. Okay. Didn't get paid for it. Um, Anything like that. What really opened my eyes to entrepreneurship, working for yourself. Again, this is my opinion for everybody out there. My opinion, my journey, but this is what I saw. I was a number, right? So I worked at this awesome company, but at the end of the day, what's your utilization rate? You know, my job was not to find work. My job was to do the work. But what happens when, like, you have somebody's been working there for 50 years and they're about to retire, you know, they lose that connection with the other people that were bringing contracts. So we started losing work, right? And then me doing all the cool Batman stuff, um, it also, again, my this is my vision. I mean, my, my journey and what I saw was depending on who's running the country as a president, are they a big military president? Are they big this? So government funding, and you know, everybody knows during elections, funding gets cut, things slow down because they have to figure out what's the budget for next year, you know, all that stuff. That, yeah. Um, that people kind of don't think about. So we lost a lot of contracts. So guess what we're doing? We're just twiddling our thumbs in our office and they're like, well, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. What do you want me to do? Do you have something yeah, for so me they, to do? <laughs> they made us, um, they would have us go go out and look for contracts. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, essentially, that's, I mean, I'm a team player. Yeah. But it's not my job. Yeah, like, no, that that's you, another, that's an added yeah, you're supposed which to, I should get paid for, yeah, which you, usually doesn't happen with correct. big camp companies. You're supposed to be hooking me up. Like yeah, you're my boss. So, I mean, I was on the west side. So what do I do? I am gonna go to all the mom and pops and get these baby contracts. You know, a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. I wasn't looking for the million dollars, the five million dollar contracts. I was just hitting base runs, and we would have meetings of like, well, what would you have today? Man, I got eight contracts. Like, eight? I don't even have one. I'm like, oh, but it's still not enough. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's 100K, 200K, something better than nothing, but I'm not looking for this home run of a you know, $20 million contract from Boeing. I went to you know, a friend of a friend of a friend that owns a welding shop, and they needed you know, contract work done. So I brought something in. So that is what started... I started stepping back and realizing, like, man, there has to be more. Like, I'm a number. Like, if something happens to me, they're going to replace me. So it so happened that uh, my son was supposed to come in June. So I planned everything around that. My contracts, my work, my schedule, my time off. And again, as dads, we only get one day off. So I, I would buy, you could buy, like, time off. So I would buy time off and stuff like that. Well, anyways, my son came early. I was like, whoa, well, that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> so I talked to my boss and I was like, hey, man, like I have everything strained out. Like if I'm not here or when I'm not here, like y'all don't even know I'm gone. Everything's done. I did all my work, passed all my contracts off, forward my phone, forward my email, like everything's done. Um, so I got that time off. And then so happened that the mother of my son, she got postnatal depression. So that was new to me as well. So I had to take on a bigger role of, you know, helping her and, of course, caring for my son as well. So one day I went to my boss and I was like, hey, man, I need more time off. 
And he's like, well, I was actually going to call you in today. And I saw two folders on his desk. The yellow folder is not good. And there is a green one. So I'm like, those are probably both mine. But I wonder what's in them. Yeah. So I was like, uh, are those mine? He's like, yeah. The green one is you're going to get moved down to part time. So you get your hours cut. Of course, what happens with that? Benefits and healthcare and all these things. What's in the yellow one? Um, your resignation letter. And I said, sir, you're a husband, correct? He's like, yes. You have three kids? Yes. What would you do if you were me? He kind of looked at me. And I was like, before you answer, let me see that yellow folder. And I just had no issue. There's nothing in me. I just knew at that point that it was time for me to go. So I don't know. I resigned myself and I had to go around and get everyone's signatures and all my projects. And it so happened. I mean, obviously, I don't know if anybody else, they can't see, but my beard, it, it stands out. So it so happened that the new president of the company happened to be walking into the elevator when I was getting in. And his first thing was like, oh, yeah, go got a cool beard. And he looks down. He's like, why do you have a yellow folder? And I was like, well, I think it's just time for me to part ways. So we get off the elevator and we go separate ways. But so happened, he came back around to follow me. And he wanted to know why I was leaving. And I could have, but I just threw everything out there. But I was like, you know, so I've been here 16 years. Uh, again, it's just, I think I just need a break. It's like, okay. Because again, it's, it was just so hard to get in there. Why would you want to leave? So I think that sparked his curiosity. So from there, I was like, new dad? Don't have a job? What to do? Like a fight or flight. And I'm going to fight. So it was more of a, cool, I've been fitnessing for, you know, X amount of time. I don't want to own. Something fell in my lap. Cool, let's do it. So I had a sports car and I sold it. And I opened a gym. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's how it kind of got the ball rolling was sold a sports car and laid myself off and went on a whim and that's it. What was the beginning like? What was the, the very beginning of, of trying to find a location, of starting a business? Where do you start? Google. Google. Everything <laughs> was Google for you? For the most part. I mean, I had some really good friends that were just, again, I met a lot of friends at Southwest. They're just super smart. And they just really believed in stuff I was doing. So they helped me out, like filing LLC, doing all these things. Um, as for a location, I found it off of Craigslist. Um, it just fell in my lap. I was going to go coach at another gym and I was just working out there for a while, you know, looking into just coaching there. Did you have anybody guiding you? Anybody with previous gym knowledge that maybe no, nothing, no gym knowledge of just guiding. Now you meet people along the way, but I didn't have any mentors in the fitness realm or business realm, you know, anything like that. So I found this listing on Craigslist. And it said, you know, it comes with equipment and it comes with members and all these things. So, so it had previously been a gym. It was, yeah, it was currently okay. a gym. I think they were looking for a transition period. So I was like, okay, well, let me do some due diligence and let me see what it costs to start a gym and start a business because it's not just buying equipment, you know, insurance, like you name it, you know. It's a long list. Huge list. And especially like 
going into something you don't know if you're going to like it or not and going into debt, I didn't want to do that. So that's why I sold my car to be like, cool, use some of that money to figure out what's the next steps. So it was super low barrier entry fee. And I'm like, well, if I get a location, sign a lease, do all these things, like I'm looking at easy 80 to 100K equipment, all these things, just super cheap. You know, what's the catch? The catch was just taking over with a small, low bearing fee. I can withstand this hit if it don't go well. So I went that way and it just kind of blossomed from there. Looking back now, would you have done the same thing? Would you have gone with this already packaged I would have, but opportunity? I would have, but I would have asked more questions. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had no, no business guidance. It okay. was this like, I legit winged it. I don't like going by the saying or like the old saying, like, you know, fake it till you make it, you know, but that's essentially in a small aspect of what I, I didn't know. It was like super fun. Oh, I could work out whatever I want because I got a key to this place and invite all my friends. And I never saw it as a business until, you know, the funds start going. It's like, okay, I need to pay rent. I need to pay lights. So I really changed my mindset and I was like, I knew fitness before I knew business. So again, I went back to what does my brain do? My brain, my brain is data driven. So data, 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 which is money, money, money. You know, anything with the number is data. So it just turned into that. It turned into just. So that. you get the keys to this new facility yeah. and, and you have this mentality of, oh, now I get a, Now I have somewhere to work out. My friends can come over and we can all work out and yeah. stuff like that. But the, those first bills start to come in. W- what do you do then? I mean, well, it, there was members already there, okay. right? So there was small, some sort of small funding, but what about if they didn't like me? Right. They could yeah. just be like, oh, you know, you, you're taking over this business and it comes with people. No, it doesn't. Because they might be dedicated to, to that person. Once that person leaves, they all leave, right? So it was more of a transition. They don't know me. I don't know you. And that's really important, actually, for anybody who's listening and anybody who says, oh, yeah, this opportunity fell into my lap. You have to keep that in mind. That yes, this opportunity, is, it's already packaged. It's already running up and running. But like you said, those people are faithful to those people that are already working there. Are they going to stay over with this transition over with you? Correct. So keep that in mind. So, I mean, my, my thing was, you know, a fitness coach and a fitness trainer. Again, this is me. Unfortunately, are not the same. So I take coaching very seriously. Not saying that trainers don't. For me, it was just a different vision and view of what fitness is. So, you know, all these people can tell me like, I can back squat 315, I can do all these things. And I'm like, okay, show me, Mm-mm-mm. sorry. Let's start from the ground. Yeah, but so-and-so, I'm like, sorry, you know, like so-and-so doesn't own this joint anymore. I mean, yeah. I never threw that out though. Like I'm the owner, do what I say. It's more of, hey man, just trust me. Like I got you. So there, we still have members there that were there before me. They just learned to trust me and then when I hired coaches, they trusted my coaches because they trusted me. So again, my education system is going into my coaches and developing them as coaches is that when I'm not there, I want the same 
knowledge transfer, but maybe just in a different way, right? Because each coach has their own personality, their own like charisma and the way they hype people up, but the education needs to be the same. So that's one thing that I really pushed over was we're all doing it like this. Uh, Everybody's on the same. I don't have any favorites. Nobody's getting special attention because they've been there so long. Like everyone's going to treat it as equal, whether you're all-star athlete or you're the person that's never worked out before. It's always going to be the same. So people like it, don't like it, but that's what I do. So I turned into that and I just had to gain these people's trust of, you know, I know what I'm talking about. Like, it's cool. Right now you might not like me and it's okay because if everybody likes you, there's something wrong. When people don't like you and you have the people that like you, then you're doing something right because not everyone's going to like you. It just took years of building trust and then making all the mistakes. I've probably made every single mistake you can probably think of. And what did you do to take those mistakes and incorporate them into the way that you now run your business? Um, what are you going to just learning? I mean, if you make a mistake and you don't fix it, then it's a mistake or you failed. But if you learned from it, it wasn't a mistake and it wasn't a failure. You just have to build on what you know. And again, you're not going to hit those home runs. It's going to take time over and over. And especially now with, you know, social media and, and podcasting and all these different platforms, you know, being a small business, you have to learn all of them. You know, like I still don't have a TikTok and I don't see myself getting one. I I, I have one, but I'm not very active on it yet. I how, old are, how old are you? I am 33, 34. Mm. So I'm 40 and I'm like, no, I'm not going to get into TikTok and I'm not dancing. I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> it's not me, not my style. So, you know, I learned a lot from my interns, even social media now. Like if you don't have the marketing money for it and you have to do it on your own on Mondays, is like my my social media Mondays. I'll sit there for five, six hours and my wife's like, you're still doing it. I'm like verbiage, pictures, clarity, telling the story. You're doing all these things in about 20 seconds or in a post is and then but and it's essential though it's essential it's essential for me but then also too i mean i have the flip side to it like if i'm coaching i should not be taking video because my job is to be there with you you're paying me for a service so if i'm coaching you and taking pictures of you you know if it's a quick picture okay maybe but like my coaches no phones on the floor no this no that because again like you're not giving them that attention. You're busy on your phone and you want to take a video and you want to do this. Like, mm-mm. we'll stage it. We'll find someone to come in and we'll do it. Or if I'm coaching and my coach is there, hey, come take pictures, come do this, or let's switch roles. You coach, I'll take the pictures, stuff like that. Because again, it's if I'm there to help you, but I'm doing something else there, you really do you really have my attention? Yeah. Right? Attention am, I giving isn't there. You, am I giving that to you? All the mistakes in the world in the beginning, I still make them, you know, very little now. But my wife, she is this developing guru genius. She's just really good. She's been like in retail for a very, very long time. So she knows a lot about aesthetics, you know, verbiage, customer service. So I take a lot of what she knows to implement it. And the way our merchandise is hung, if you change it, she's going to walk in like skirt. Who changed that? <laughs> Everybody knows. This. Notices so, right away. If something's moved and it's not because everything, when you walk into a store, everything's placed there for oh, a yeah. reason. From music to colors to 
um, to what's put up in the front, to what's put up in the back, yep, to everything. To smell, yeah, everything. So you know, she's big on that as well. So again, just because we're a gym doesn't mean we have to smell like sweat. Like we're very, we're very on top of the cleaning game. Like we, I do more cleaning than I do coaching. You know, same thing with my coaches. We all play a role. We're a team. So yeah, some of my coaches we still scrub toilets because we're it's a, it's a team effort. Again, just making a lot of those mistakes, learning, asking for mentorship. You know, you don't have people throw it in your lap. Like, hey, let me mentor you. So again, I mean, we can touch on a lot of things, but that was something, again, big for me. I meet people and I throw my I throw myself out there because I want to help people. Hey, do you have a mentor? No, you might not know me, but I'll do it. Like, I can get to know you. And if we fit together, like, I'll help you. Like, there's enough fitness scene and business to go around for everybody so and i think that applies to all forms of business yeah all forms of business you know how many different yogurt shops are there but it's what's your twist on it right so it was that of like the fitness world was very like bloods and crips like oh no i can't talk to you because you go there or i can't talk to you because of this i'm like okay so and it's been like that ever since you started or Uh, or you noticed it you know, maybe further along your, your journey. Further along when okay. I got into the mentoring, like I need a mentor. Like I am not scared to ask. I need a mentor. I don't care if you're younger than me, older than me, whatever. You just need the knowledge I just need that the I knowledge. need. So <laughs> even today, like pre-COVID, my goal was to try to meet as many fitness trainers, fitness coaches, fitness owners. And I just want to go watch you. I want to watch how you coach. I want to watch how you run your business. Um, I've gotten more no's than yeses. So I recently picked that back up of randomly DMing people like, Hey, we've seen each other. We've never formally met, but this is what I'm trying to do. It's for my own personal, you know, education. I don't go out there and I'm not, I don't spread everything out. It's just for me to learn because I can always do better and I don't know everything. So even if you're selling makeup, I want to learn how you sell makeup. Because I just want to know what are you doing that maybe I'm not doing. Or again, just another avenue of learning. I found that's very helpful in, in the business type aspect. You mentioned the, tr- the trainers and, and your staff, the people that work with you now. Take us back to, to the point where you are running your business and you feel like it's time for you to grow, to expand, to, to bring people in. Because obviously, as small business owners, we try to do everything, but you can't. You know, sometimes you need help. And I ask this for myself, and I'm sure there's other people who, who are at this point where you know you need help, but it's so hard to bring anybody into your business because that's your baby you know that you know exactly how everything flows how everything works and everything like that and and it's hard to trust outsiders you know to bring them in the inside how were you able to bring in your team and and know that that was those were the people that you needed to bring in because you could trust them and and they were going to take care of your business the way that you wanted them and and as if it were you well in the beginning again it was it was just random like Oh, you know how to coach? Cool. Hop in. You know how to do this? Um, one of my cousins, he followed me. Like, he had a job, and he was going through the same issues. And he's like, he called me. He was like, I quit my job. And I was like, oh, well, you are you down to do this? He's like, let's do it. So in the beginning, um, you know, I, I, tell, I told everybody in the beginning when I first started, I was like, I didn't have a big budget. 
this was, I sold a car. I wouldn't call it luck, but I made it work. So right now at the moment, like I'm not even paying myself, you know, I didn't pay myself until about five years later. So I made zero monies. It was more of a, I made more money of one-on-one coaching, doing PT sessions, one-on-one session, nutrition coaching. That's where I made my money. Everything went back into the business. One, because I didn't want to go into any kind of debt. So I didn't overbuy. I purchased things as we grew. So my cousin, you know, he helped me out a lot. You know, even to this day, I still thank him for everything. Um, he was a big part of the direction that we went in. So, but then, but then like, I need to pay these people for their service. I don't want to be the type of place where it's like, well, you can do it for free uh, because like you're getting a gym membership here for free and you're doing this. It's like, no, like everybody needs to, to make money and they need to be compensated for their time. So it was just, you know, I would get people come in and it was hard. Like, Hey man, like, I'm sorry, I can't pay you right now. Like I'm all up front. I have zero payroll. I'm figuring it out because again, I knew, I knew fitness. I didn't know business, but I knew data. How can I turn this around? So I could have a payroll big enough. Um, so unfortunately <laughs> I've gone through probably three to four staff changes, big ones. I had nine coaches at one time, then it went to one and you, he's sitting across from you. Uh, so at one time I did it all by myself and it was so hard, so fatiguing, so tiring. But again, it was like, this is just a season. It's going to get better. Just keep pushing through it. And it did, you know, people just saw like the dedication in myself and they're like, and people would ask me like, I want to invest and I want to give you money. I was like, "Mm -mm, I don't want your money because I don't even know what I'm doing. Let me kind of figure out kind of what I'm doing. Um, I wanted to be like, oh man, it's funding. I could, I could pay so-and-so to come back and that could be, you know, their money to, to, to be here working. But I still said, no, I'm like, I rather learn how you achieve that amount of money than to take your money because that's going to benefit me more in the long run is the knowledge that's in your head on how you made X thousands of dollars versus, Hey, here's a hundred grand. I want to be a silent investor. No, well, mm -mm. I want to learn how you did that. I don't want your money. So I turned out quite a few offers, but I just kept going and going and going. And then, you know, staff after staff. And again, it's just, just like any business, you know, sometimes it's not the, the turn, the ratio, just people want to go in, they want to go out. Some people wouldn't even show up. So now again, was like you said, like you have to trust people. So I started within a lot of the people that I hired were within. There's been a few from went out with that from out. So the girl that manages the gym now, I met her on Instagram. She did. She DM me. And I guess she was following us. And she's like, I like what y'all do. Um, she lived in San Antonio. She moved to New York, lived in New York for like, I think like 18 years. She was looking to move back, but she needed a job. So we just started chatting, you know, a couple of times. And then it turned into like, okay, you're about three months moving out. How serious you know, do you want this? So, you know, I'd run it by my wife because again, super smart. She asks all the questions that I don't ask. <laughs> so <laughs> she's very detailed orientated. So now when we run events, I come up with the idea and she writes all the details down because I just want it to magically happen. But I know there's a lot of work. So she would, you know, ask her this, ask her that, da, 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 da. make videos so you can start introducing her when she comes into town and when people see her, they know who she is. So I would have her make videos like, hey, my name's Autumn, you know, so and so I do this like, you know, I'll see you in a few weeks. 
okay, I need another video again, mm-hmm. another one and another one. So she's the one that runs the gym. So technically what it was is that I was going to work on the business, not in the business. So those are two different things. It's working in it and on it. Which is something, actually, I had just read something on Instagram about that. I, it, it was a post similar to that, that something like the goal is to work on the business, not Correct. in the business. So she was going to come run the joint. You know, she's the boss lady. Cool. Like, of course, it's still kind of, we run ideas off of each other. I'm very open for suggestions. All I ask for is who, what, when, where, why? Hey, let's move that over there. Why? I don't know. All right, that doesn't work. Tell me why you would want to, oh, you know, easier the, access the flow, or... easier access, more aesthetic. Like, give me something. Yeah. So I always tell them all the time, man, if y'all have ideas, throw them at me. I'd rather have a hundred shitty ideas than one home run because that shows engagement, that shows trust, that shows, you know, brainstorming that they're thinking and you want that because essentially they're going to help grow everything. Um, so I brought her in. We're doing developing and we're about to transition where I am stepping back um, and she's taking over so I can work on it, you know, support her social wise, social media wise. I can get into that marketing aspect. And then she was here for two months and then, of course, you know, COVID hit. So 2020, 2020. um, So we had a we just started back probably three, four months ago. It's like, okay, let's try to get back to where we left off two years ago. Um, so going back to payroll. and going How did back, you make it through? <laughs> it was, again, preparing. I mean, I don't know how to say it. Like, You always need to prepare, right? I didn't overspend. I didn't buy 10 of everything. It was like, let me buy one or two. Let me buy another one when the funds hit it. So I learned about business. I call it the money bucket system. Um, it's not called that. Um, it was a book that I read. It's called Profit First. Um, and then, of course, having business mentors in the fitness world, I turned, you know, that Profit First and I turned it into a money bucket system, which is just mimics of what they do is like you allocate money to each bucket. You have your payroll bucket, your OPEX bucket, operating expenses. You have your um, taxes bucket because, again, you, can't, you have to pay taxes. You have to pay taxes. Yep. Your tax bucket. You have to have a payroll bucket. You have to have equipment bucket, emergency fund bucket, because, again, if you keep everything in one account and say pandemic hits, you want to make sure you have something covered. You still had to pay. I still had to pay taxes. So if I spent all that money, how would I pay my taxes? Or I never again, how they say, like, you don't rob Peter to pay Paul. So don't steal from yourself. I had to learn to allocate money properly. And if I couldn't afford it, I wouldn't buy it. These big box gyms, they come in and they have hundreds of thousand dollars worth of equipment um, and sometimes people just don't know how much it's worth. So they just use it to use it because they're working on their fitness, not knowing that the treadmill that they're demolishing or breaking costs 13 K. Right. So you do a little bit of math and you're like, okay, there's 13 treadmills at 10 K a piece. It's 130 K. Like, and I just broke it. And also I just got good at the finance side. Oh, decent. <laughs> decent at the finance side so i was kind of ready for anything and it happened um so yeah we had to close you know what am i supposed to tell this girl that just moved from new york sorry uh, can you just like move back home right i couldn't and come back yeah and come back later when it gets better uh, whenever (laughs) so it was like 
you know, of course, CDC say that we're the dirtiest places ever because we people sweat in your gym and all these things. So people were scared. Um, we just had to really take the time to understand what was happening, right? I didn't have the answers, made mistakes again still, but it was like, I'm still going to keep pushing forward. We did have to close our doors. I used to have the health inspectors sit outside my gym um, because we are attached to other businesses. So they were open, but we had to close. So like people would call me like, there's people in this gym. And I'm like, there's nobody there. I am looking at you through my camera. I can see you. You've been sitting there for three to four hours waiting for someone to come out that door. Nobody's there. So just that. And then keeping everybody engaged online. So, you know, big shout out to all the members that stayed with us and still supported us. They still paid their dues. Uh, we ran challenges. We did a lot of different stuff to keep them engaged. Did weekly like Zoom check-ins. We never really did online Zooming because then everybody turned into like little robots. Like if you didn't have a good enough bandwidth, everyone's like, skirt, looks like little yeah. blocks. And again, that's not my style to host that kind of, you know, it turned into that. It turned into, I should have learned it. So we did buy some equipment to, to run a few things like that. But you can't do, you know, Olympic weightlifting or powerlifting through Zoom. You, you need the equipment in person. So again, just. But it's a good backup plan to have now because you never know. <laughs> it is. Um, so, I mean, we still have all our equipment still. Again, it was like we were just going with the punches, you know, learning from other people. Again, one of the mentors I had was like, you see these Instagram ads and you see these Facebook ads and you see these YouTube ads. And it's like, oh, you know, you want X amount of gym members after you just opened from a pandemic? It's like, homeboy. You never even lived through a pandemic. How can you be writing a book on how to make it through a pandemic <laughs> when it hasn't been once like 1920? Like, no, you know, and, you know, so I didn't fall for none of that. It was like, I need to just stick to my roots and guns. Like, oh, yeah. what I know, I'm not going to be dancing and, and, anywhere. And, and learn as you go. Correct. As, as we are all doing. Yeah. So the learn as you go thing. Um, so I would tell like some of my staff members, like, you know, I want to pay you for something. Go in there, paint, move equipment around, go dust. Because again, we could go in the gym, but essentially we couldn't work out, but we could go do things like clean and do all these things. So I was mm -hmm. like, hey, well, go like late at night and go work out, <laughs> go work out. But you can't let know, you know, it's only staff only. So then, you know, people wanted to rent equipment from me like, oh, I want to rent equipment, I want to rent equipment. But I still said no because other gyms were renting out equipment. Like, like, well, so and so's doing it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, man. Like, have you ever tried to get a t shirt from an ex girlfriend? Probably ain't gonna happen. Yeah. Right. Or the shortage started. So if you break this dumbbell, where am I gonna buy another where one? Where am I gonna buy another one? And from 50 cents a pound, now it's $2 a pound. So I'm gonna have to charge you full price. I mean, I don't feel right about doing it. But if you break it, essentially you bought it. So I just said, no, like, I'm not even going to go down that alley. The answer is no. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, but it, I just had, again. You just weren't in that position to make that type of adjustment for your business. Correct. I mean, I could have, um, but I still just chose not to. Like, I know everything's going to be okay. But again, if something happens, can I get my hands on this equipment again? So I decided just to wait. And, you know, so again, some people didn't like it. Some people did. But again, you know, it's the choice that I made and it's the choice that, you know, I'll still stick to because I already made it. So all I can do is learn from it um, and make other choices, you know, down the line, regardless of what happens. So it just became, again, I need to learn business. 
more business and more business regardless of where it's from you know after this i'll probably ask you you know and be like, <laughs> show me what you do show me what you know how do you run this how do you run that because again i might not use it but it's another avenue of oh man where'd i see that from or where'd i hear that um so that's again where the finances came in right so business you know being a small business you have to know your finances you have to know your numbers your PL. What do your tax look like? How much money's coming in? How much money going out? Which how much money is getting allocated to XYZ? How much money do I gotta save for taxes? Do you pay taxes quarterly? You know, and the things that they don't think about. But again, my wife, she's like, she's all up in the biz. Like she wants to know all the numbers. She's very data driven too. And sometimes we're like, oh, I don't know, but I know where to find it. <laughs> so you know, my engineering kicks in. I don't know the formula to everything but I know where to find it and I know how to use it. So I don't know the answer, but I can get you the answer. I tell her, I don't lose things. I misplace them. And I'll but find I, them and, I'll find and get them back to and you. Get, yeah. And I'll get back to you in three to five days. Um, <laughs> Business days. Yeah. So Google Drive has been the savior. Like I link her to a lot of, a lot of things of Google Drive. So when I updated updates live, so, you know, she, pushes me as well like she's she does great in, at what she does so and you know you want to find a spouse that you want to match right so i was like cool i want to match you i don't have your type of budget but i'm going to match you and i'm going to try to do this because you always want to like ante up the bar of course i'm we're oh we know we're not in this game of you know who's doing better but it, you know it's great to have a partner that you know a spouse that supports in everything that you do even when you make mistakes that they're supportive, right? As long as they're legit mistakes. I'm not out there like gambling or doing something, yes, or, you yes, know, yes. something that maybe you shouldn't be doing. Too, too drastic. Correct. <laughs> so, I mean, I did, I did all that stuff in my twenties. So she, she's getting, it's the, out of her system. It's out of his system. <laughs> she's getting all the, she's getting the mature side, the mature, immature ish side. Um, so again, that's where the financial stuff kicked in was I need to buckle down on finances. So again, as you can see, like all these different avenues are just popping up and it was just one after another. So again, what for me, one thing that the Hispanic culture did not really understand or maybe chose not to understand because everything's a choice was money, money as a tool, not money as a value. Right. So what does that mean? What does that look like? So I learned a lot about finances. So again, I'm going back to school for the fifth time already. <laughs> so I went back to school again to be a finance coach and it just came so natural. It was like almost um, like a 10, 11 month, you know, schooling. And I finished it in four. I would stay up and just study, 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 test, 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 study, study, study. Any free time that I had, I was studying and testing. So when I would get in these groups, they're like, you just started. How are you like on, how are you in this Zoom group? And level eight or, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. when you just started like two months ago, I'm like, bro, don't ask me. Let's just keep going. But they would, <laughs> they would ask me like, it's called dedication. Yeah. So how are you, you know, how are you doing this so quick? And I said, did you do this before? And I'm like, no. Well, what do you do? I said, I'm a coach. What kind of coach? Fitness coach. So I just took the word fitness and finances and I swapped them. Hence how the, I am the fitness finance coach. You didn't know you needed because not only am I teaching you and guiding you health wise, you know, I can teach you about monies and I use, I made up that word money. It's like, it just sounds funny. So, you know, I teach, you know, people about their money. 
what does it really look like? Because again, I laid myself off. Well, I was a contractor for a long time. So I learned that. Then I laid myself off by when my son came. I got a small business that knew nothing about business. So I learned all these things that I didn't know. So it was like, cool. Now I can go back and revisit. So again, my mom was awesome in how to save, how to pay things off, how to get a credit score. But there's more to that. So now I'm actually teaching my parents the stuff that I know now. And again, I try everything on me first to make sure that, you know, what does it look like? How does it work? I have spreadsheets of data. Um, because again, if, if, I'm trying, if I'm trying to gain your trust, you want to see data. I want to see history. I want to see this, not my cool Instagram reel because it says I know how to do this, but do you really? Well, yeah, I can show you, right? So I go down a lot of avenues. I, again, like social media, but it's kind of not for me, but I know I have to do it, is I don't want to be a social media influencer. I want to be an in-person influencer. So that means more to me than having a million followers, is that if I can plant seeds into into you and touch you in that way of understanding or I spark an interest, that's what I enjoy, the people communication part. Um, so I call myself an in-person influencer, not a social media influencer. So when I got into finances, my main goal with that, again, I want, I want to help everybody, but my goal was middle-class Hispanics. We were taught to two things. Three, probably, don't trust nobody, hoard money, or you can't afford it, right? It costs too much. Are you sure? Or why, you know, the 72 rule, think about it for 72 hours. If you don't think you need it, then don't buy it. And as Hispanic, we learned to hoard money, save, 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 save. But in a sense, you're losing money because inflation, the money's not circulating in the system, you know, going around. So they're having to print more money, doing all these things. That is just another monster Myth that needs to be debunked. <laughs> a monster that is a monster on its own yeah. is, you know, having so much money in the bank. What does it really mean? Like, do you understand what your bank statement really means? Do you understand your credit card statement? What that really means? Do you understand your credit score? Like, yeah, okay, it's a cool number. Of course, it shows a little bit of trust, but what do you really need? Do you know your FICO score, your Vantage score? Like, do you know the difference in all these things? What does your closing date mean? Your billing date, your cycle date? Like, do you understand all that? And most people, we would just read and sign. You know, that's how people get into debt. They just read and sign, not understanding the what all those small little words because it's boring. It's five pages. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I just go to the back to the end page. <laughs> yeah. Just how much do I owe? Okay, here. Yeah. So I was the one. Not saying that that's the correct thing to do. Correct. Okay. So I was the one in type that I read all the pages. You know, now it's time to read. I think it's so important, and I and one of the things that I that I'm really intrigued about everything that you've been sharing with us is is the fact I feel like I I have that same spirit too of always wanting to learn, always wanting to learn, and I really admire that about you. You know, you said it uh, maybe even jokingly, oh, I'm going to school for the fifth time. But it's like those are the type of people who get ahead in life, who are not afraid to, oh, I already know everything, who don't just go to, I don't know, go to school once and then sit back and think they know everything. Those are the type of people who know that the world changes, life changes, you know, it evolves and stuff like that. And you have to keep up. Correct. I mean, but the thing was, I asked a lot of questions to not get into school debt. So with all my degrees and everything I've done, I have zero school debt. Either I just paid a cash or I found, you know, a program or something, you know, again, I got really blessed um, in the beginning 
um, through like the Texas workforce happen to be there at that moment when they're like, we have all this money, you know, nobody your age is really taking advantage of it. Do you want to go to school? And that's, you know, they, you know, bless me with that opportunity to keep going. So, and um, I'm sure programs like that still exist. It's like, it's just doing the research, correct. Do the research Do it, and find them. Correct. Doing the research, asking the right questions. Um, again, it's more of a, you need to be able to talk to people and not just text people. Um, I'm a big, I'll call you on the phone still. Or um, again, I know me did a few text messages, but I did a, can I do a voice memo? Yeah. Right. Cause I like hearing people's voices because again, there could be some kind of like information relate through a text message. If you're having a bad day, you're going to read the text message the way you want to. I'm a still again, a very in-person question asker. I'm going to ask you a lot of questions in person because I get to see your facial expressions, your tone, your body language, stuff like that. So I know what kind of, I know what's happening in the conversation. So it was that just really digging into like, I need to help spread this knowledge because again, for me, not saying that you have to go to school because a lot of entrepreneurs did not go to school, but eventually they learn, you know, business and stuff like that. So it is good as a tool. Um, but you said, you know, don't take it to the bank. And Jack, that's all I did was go to school because again, I had just had a lot of common sense. So I worked with these smart people, but some of them didn't, they lack common sense. Um, again, not saying I'm the smartest, but it was like the eagerness to learn from people being open, owning my mistakes. Like, yeah, I suck. Yeah, that was my, you know, my fault. It was my mistake. I'm sorry. Learn to say you're sorry. Learn to forgive people because, again, you're going to see them again and you could learn from them. Um, unless, like, yeah, that bridge is burned, but you still forgive. You don't forget, but you still forgive people so you can move forward as a person. So just learning all that things. So now the finance coaching kicked in and it's like, man, like, again, my opinion, nobody for me is suppressed or oppressed or, you know, whatever in, um, yeah, not suppressed, oppressed, uh, in, in the States. If you have a cell phone and you're in America, you're blessed. You could do anything on your phone. Yes. Some people have different roads. So I'm not taking that away. People have different roads to get there. I had my own story, my own journey. Same well, you know, as you, the guy before on their podcast, but it's what we did with it, right? The motivation is an idea. But consistency and dedication is what keeps you going. So when I am not motivated to work out every day, but just the dedication of let me get 10 minutes in. Let me get 15 minutes in. Let me get 30. Okay, let me get 10. Let me just do something to make it consistent. So yeah, when people say like, your motivation and motivation, no, sorry. Motivation is your idea, what got the idea started, but it's not what's going to keep you going. It's the dedication and the consistency that's going to push past motivation. Those were just all key things that kept me, well, that got me to sit here with you. <laughs> 2022, it seems like things are starting to go back to normal, even though if you turn on the TV, all they're saying is that, oh, we might get a COVID again. It's coming again and for the summer or for the winter or whatnot. But um, hopefully things stay right on yeah. this, on the, the way that, it's, that they've been going. How is Revival 365 doing now, um, two years after 2020? I mean, it has, has up and downs, Okay, right? People start losing their jobs. So what's the first thing they get rid of is their fitness until yeah. they realize that, again, my brain has probably four sides to a story. People need to realize like, you know, there's only one you. Everybody can buy the same thing. We can buy the same iPhone. We can buy this, but you can't buy your health, right? You can't buy your health back in a sense. 
you can work on your house. So when I tell people like, oh, you're too expensive. And I was like, well, it's what it's what you think you're worth. Like it's you're investing in yourself when it comes to your health. Or do you want to pay for prescription medications and you can't run with your kids? You can't do this because you thought, you know, X amount of dollars was too expensive monthly to afford fitness. But yet you have a $90,000 car sitting outside. Well, what happens if you can't get it in and out of that car? Or you have uh, a Louis Vuitton purse. Okay, well, how much debt are you in? How much money you got in that wallet? <laughs> right? What's so inside that purse? What's inside there that you're, you know, you're rocking? You know, it's cool. Yeah. But again, it's all perspective. Like, again, for me, I don't want to own the item. I want to own the company that makes the item. So, hence the finances, it got to long-term investing. I don't day trade. I don't do any of that. I don't know how. I don't want to know how, but I learned how to invest. Again, me and you being business owners, what is our number one job when it comes to taxes? Not pay taxes. We don't do tax evasion. We do tax avoidance. So we need to know what's the newest laws. You know, what is, um, I saw something like heavy duty vehicles. Guess what falls under heavy duty vehicles? A G-Wagon. I don't need a G-Wagon. You can write off a 150K G-Wagon on your taxes because it falls under it falls heavy. over a weight limit yeah yeah it's a heavy vehicle yeah it's something with the i actually had seen a post about somebody who who was showing you how to write off a sports car something similar to that too yeah i mean but you also have to have a means to it like oh i'm a social media influencer and it's something for like my that, business yeah. you know they're still going to ask you those questions but do you have the money to still support that right so I'm not going to go buy no G-Wagon. <laughs> it's like my whole, per- once I learned finances and I started doing it to myself first. And then according to me, my wife's part of everything. But I wanted to like, let me just diddle daddle with the numbers first on me. Of course, we still have our finances together and all those things. But let me just play with this money real quick first. And then I go, of course, like when I bring something to her. Um, I mean, she never shuts me down, but she wants to know who went one way or why. What does it look like? Da, 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 da. So, you know. The five W's, isn't it? What, when, where, why? Something like that. Four or five, something like that. So <laughs> I, I have to come up with a plan. You know, we come up with plans. Um, I have it for her because she's data driven. So even when we take vacations, it's all planned. So we're big into the credit card game of playing the game with points. You know, we didn't write the rules. We're just following them. So. When we take vacations, of course, you can't avoid taxes. So, we, yeah, we pay taxes, but we fly for free. We travel for free. We stay for free. Sometimes we eat for free at places, but it's all part of the game that we didn't write. We just learned to play it. So that's the same thing with, with businesses as business owners that you learn to play the game. So people get upset when certain people don't pay taxes. Well, you don't know the whole story because, again, if you make so much money, and you reinvest it into another company, you're bringing something into the economy, which makes more money. So it's a trickle effect. That's why a lot of big, big billionaires or millionaires or big businesses own smaller companies is they find ways to to move money to bring it back into the economy. So they just do tax avoidance, not tax evasion. Of course, people still do that. They don't pay taxes and they get busted. But again, they didn't write the rules. Yeah. They and like you said, there's them. a difference. A huge avoidance. difference. Yeah. yeah. You ain't trying to go... To, if, if you do go to prison, go to federal because you don't want to go to states. <laughs> so, but nobody go to prison. Um, 
So it was those small things that still to this this very second that just catch my eye is like there is a huge you know, you live in America, you live for me, you live in the best country in the world. You know, people die to come here. People have died for what we have, why we're here. So if other people see that and they want to come here, why don't people that live here see that? Right? Again, to each their own, they might have different views. But again, it's how you want to view things. So that's where it's like, well, I'm going to learn as much as I can and I'm going to keep moving forward. That's why fitness and finances just mix so well with me. Um, so I tell people like, can I, uh, you know, some people, you know, let me just try it with you. Let me do this with you. Let me give you some knowledge. But I, that's a test for me too. Like I'll give free, I'll give people like free knowledge bombs and I wait to see what they did with it. Some people don't do anything. I'm like, man, I went to school and did all these things and I just gave you all these nuggets and you just kind of like, okay, cool. Hey, it's cool. Maybe you'll listen down the line. But the fact that I at least attempted to plant seeds um, in them, that's what makes me keep doing what I do. For anybody who's listening to us right now, who has a project in mind, who has maybe is already doing it. Maybe it's their side hustle. You know, they're, they're still working their nine to five, but it's their side hustle. And they're on the edge of the fence, whether they jump or not. What would you say to to somebody who's like, I, I want to go ahead and do something for myself, but I don't even know where to start? Again, full disclaimer, like it's your own choice still. Jump. Guess what? You leave your job, go get another one. So again, I love talking, you know, especially kicking knowledge. When people hate their jobs, quit. Go get another one. But yet they're scared. Well, no, because I got bills and I go this then don't complain, right? Go find another job. You know, do something like that. I say jump. Give yourself that chance. Give yourself the chance to be happy. Hit. Hence, for me, what does financial freedom mean for me? It's time. Time with my, you know, my new marriage. Time with my wife. Time with my kids. That is more important to me than anything else. So I would tell them to jump. Don't be scared. You, I mean, you're going to be scared. I was scared. Be scared. Ask questions. Do it. And just jump because, again, my dad told me one time, he's like, I never what if. If I what if, we probably wouldn't be where we are. So if you keep going, man, what if I did that? What if? What if? And what if? And what if? You're never going to do it. But again, if you have a nine to fiver, say you move, they're going to replace you. Right. So if you don't like your job, just jump, do it, but ask questions. Learn finances. Everybody, learn finances. Learn all the boring fine print means all that and it just opens up so many avenues use your main your main job to fund your side hustle then eventually use your side hustle as your main hustle and do another one every millionaire billionaire has at least five to seven streams of revenue they don't sit on one think of that as a broad spectrum you know it wasn't right out the gates but again they kept evolving and evolving and evolving of no, they have multiple streams. Yeah, they might be driving a Ferrari, but guess what? They don't pay for it. Somebody else pays for it. You know, so I mean, all that can go into a lot of different things. For anyone listening who is wanting to embark on a fitness journey, what does Revival 365 have to offer? So we are a 
We do this, the same thing that a lot of people do, but different, different. Um, hence the name. We wore, we were Warhouse Strength Conditioning. So I don't know if you know, like Dana, Lynn Bailey, DLB, and Rob Bailey. They're super huge. Um, I followed them for a long time. They had a place called Warhouse Gym. Hence where the name came from. I kind of borrowed it. Uh, the Revival 365 came from when we were at home watching church because everything was closed. They did a segment called Revival. And Revival is to like reawaken, to strengthen. Then I just added 365 because there's 365 days in a year. You can revive your health at any time you want to. It's not Mondays and all that. So I took that into what we do. So in a sense, when we are doing our consultations is what do you want? So yes, we offer powerlifting, weightlifting, you know, one-on-one coaching, group classes. But what is it that you want for your journey? So in a sense, you're telling us and we give you, you know, our three best professional opinions on what would fit your schedule. What's your schedule? What's your lifestyle? What do you want to do? Why do you want to do it? Hey, cool. If you don't want all that, cool. We'll do something else. So we, again, we have Olympic weightlifting. So I'm the weightlifting head coach at the moment, assistant powerlifting head coach. Um, Autumn, she is our powerlifting head coach. Um, And then we have Matt, we have Lisa, we have Bobby. Um, They run our fitness classes as well. So we do group fitness. We do one-on-one coaching. Um, we do powerlifting, weightlifting. So, and again, it's more of what do you, what is fitness to you? Um, and then we kind of go from there. So we offer, we offer a little bit of everything. Going to the gym can be super intimidating, especially for people who have never worked out, who have never been to a gym. I mean, you see all the big name brand gyms and stuff, but the, the posters that they have on there, the models are all fit already buff i don't even know why they're advertising towards those people so for people who who don't necessarily look like that who have never been to a gym how is revival 365 different from these other big brand gyms Uh, we're different because we want you to be comfortable with you yes instagram poster girl looks amazing but you say you want to look like her but you're not her how long has she been doing it how tall is she you know all those things so it's like Hey, get comfortable with you. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy what your body's going to look like. Again, that's a, I go into these different avenues because each person is different. You know, for me, it's more on women. You know, women are, are very hard on themselves, but they don't give themselves enough grace. Right. So, again, science, women are meant to bear children and all these things. And like, oh, I can't leave this fat, you know, around my stomach. Guess what? It's probably going to be there for a while. Because you can't tell your body, hey, body, can can we just do this right here? Like, There's no one exercise that's going to lose fat just right there. Again, that's where science comes in. And it's like, you know, they, people bring me all these magic bottles and pills and all these things. Well, I know how to read the label. And I know what all the things mean. So sometimes I'm like a bubble burster and be like, look, it's all great and all. But this just, is trash. <laughs> just enjoy. Just enjoy yourself. Right. Just enjoy having fun, eat properly. But then again, you need to keep with dedication and consistency. Um, you don't need to go buy all this, you know, fancy, you know, supplements and, and stuff expensive like that. because and expensive. It's um, expensive. I would say for females dress cute, right? Because you feel good. You feel good in your clothes and that's going to make you work out harder or start off again with your, your oversized T-shirts and stuff. But eventually you're going to get comfortable in your skin And that's what the fitness is about. So what we do differently is we want you to understand 
you first before we go into homegirl and the poster, right? Be comfortable with you. Have fun with your friends. Go laugh. Um, when we treat, when we teach nutrition, we don't diet. Uh, we don't have nutrition challenges. If we do nutrition coaching, it's probably four people at a time. We don't do these big things because all four people have a different background. All four people have a story. You have the 35 year old mom with three kids and this, this and that. Well, one kid wrecks your body, right? Imagine three kids, right? How old are you? You know, I get into the science and again, you, I don't avoid it. How old are you? What does your menstrual cycle look like? Like I ask all the questions because again, it all matters. It matters. It's all part of, it's not, you know, let me go put some Vicks on with like some saran wrap and <laughs> <laughs> let me sweat it out. It's like, no, or let me drink apple cider vinegar every single day. And it's like, no, like you're, it took you 10 years to gain all this weight or to be in your position where you're at now. Unfortunately, it's probably maybe not take as long, but it's going to take time. So don't come to me and tell me you need to be quote unquote skinny by next weekend. Ain't going to happen. That's, <laughs> that's not me or that's not our coaches. That's not what we do. And we're very upfront with that. I, we, me and my coaches have been called every name in the book already, but I keep pushing it because it's honesty. You know, we're, we're going to get referrals off of honesty. Like, Hey, this is what he did. Or, Hey, I lost 10 pounds. Well, how long did it take you a month? It took you a month, man. I lost 10 pounds in like a week because I drank this special tea and it turned into poop tea and like all these things. I'm like, no, <laughs> I have these little pins in my ears and I'm putting patches on. I'm like, Cool, go for it. You're just having chemicals tell your body to do something that it wasn't meant to do. Stop doing it. Two weeks, gain double the weight back. Yeah. Right? So, and some people like it. Some people don't. So, again, I'm not everybody's favorite. Um, but it was uh, my, you know, gym reputation, my coaching reputation, the business reputation, what I will, our staff, what we talk about, it's just straight honesty. If I can't do it, if it's not what I do, it's going to Autumn. They come in for powerlifting. Yes, I assist. That's Autumn's jam. Autumn's going to be your coach. Um, okay, we have our, our other personal coaches who have group classes, but then we have coaches that just do one-on-ones. If you're looking for a CrossFit conditioning style, you're probably going to hit up Junior. If you're looking for weightlifting, you're probably going to go with me or General Fitness. If you're trying to just, just do weightlifting, you're probably going to go with Josh. So it's everybody specific. So we'll, you know, we'll pass you on to somebody else. We're like, you want that? This is what they do. I don't do that. Um, so we're very open or like, hey, I'm still kind of timid. Like, I want boot camp. Fortunately, we don't do boot camp style, but I know a couple places around me that do it. Hey, let me give them a ring. Hey, so-and-so, I'm going to send this referral over there. They're looking for more of your style, not mine. Uh, I'm going to send them over there. So I have no, we have no issues of sending them out um, because, again, they're coming to us with a problem. And our job is to solve it. So we're problem solvers as coaches. So we solve people's problems in a sense. Rob, thank you so much for everything that you've shared with us. The experiences that you've gone through, I'm so glad that you've been able to come and open your heart with us and, and tell your story and share with them because I'm sure that somebody who's listening will, will benefit from everything that you've shared with us. And, and thank you so much for reaching out to us. Oh, no, thank you. I mean, it was again, <laughs> I got your number through Rachel and she said, give her a ring and 
I think I had messaged you and it was like two weeks later. I was like, Rachel, I don't think she wants to talk to me. She never, <laughs> she never replied back. And she's like, no, I'll just call her again. She's super cool. And I was like, okay. Um, I, you know what? I'll show you so that you don't, that you don't feel bad, but I have like a hundred text messages that aren't opened. So sometimes when a new one comes in, I don't even know because there's, there's so many that aren't, aren't open. And I just, I have to sit down and go because a lot of them is just spam that, yeah. that gets sent to me. So I have to go through and erase all the text messages that way. When new stuff starts coming in, I know that it's, it's stuff that's real, you know, not yeah. just spam. But um, I'm really glad that you were able to to come and, and, and share your story with us. For anyone who wants to reach out to you, who needs more financial information or nutrition information or, or information about your gym, how can they get a hold of you? How can they, they... So on social platforms like Facebook, Instagram, it's Revival365, S-A-T-X, on both platforms. For me on my Instagram, I think, I don't even, I don't even pay attention to my own personal one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, The Beard and rob um on instagram as well um, but you'll find more of the posting on our fuse barbell team page our revival 365 pages versus my personal what are your times and hours for for the gym so for the gym um if you're doing one-on-one coaching it's scheduled so like with you like oh i'm, I'm a big scheduler um, so we schedule those so it's on your time so again we sit down we talk what is your schedule like what's your realistic schedule like i can't make you do something that's unrealistic so we open at five in the morning and typically we leave around 8 p.m. So it's scheduled throughout the day for one-on-one sessions. And then we have group classes at 5 a.m., 9 a.m., 5.45, 6.45. And then we have like a cardio session at 10.15 and at 5 p.m. But in a sense, the facility is 24 hours. So we are a 24-hour facility. Now, and there's currently only one. Correct. We're okay. only one. We're uh, one location. But we also have like little brother, you know, schools as well. So we partnered up with Black Tip Swim School. Um, that's down the street off of um, Grissom and Timber Hill. Um, so with our membership, you get a membership to Black Tip to, um, to go to Open Swim. So now we don't have a pool, but we got access to a pool now. Oh, how cool. Um, so we've been working with them. Um, love those guys out there. We've been working together probably about a about eight months, but my son's been going there for about a year and my um, and my daughter have been swimming there for a year and they're on the swim team. So we just got engaged with another small business that's in our community. Um, so if you don't know how to swim, you know, you get a uh, free swimming membership over there nice. as well. So we're open 24 seven. You get a little key fob. You come in and out as you please. You can do classes. Um, if you want to schedule one on ones, you can uh, schedule with the coach of your choice. So again, it's very structured, but free flowing, if that makes sense. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much once again for coming and sharing. Thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast, share on your social media, and stay tuned because there are more episodes coming your way. Thank you once again. This episode was brought to you by Savage Coffee, located on 12221 Alamo Ranch Parkway. Mwah.